Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We'll get to this impeachment stuff in a minute. But before we do, you've heard about this judge, Rosemary Collier. And she's the presiding judge with the FISA court. And she's been for several years. And the Hill newspaper record, reports, this is the headline, Judge Blasts FBI Over Misleading Info for Surveillance of Trump Campaign Advisor. The secretive federal court that approved the surveillance of former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page on Tuesday accused FBI agents of creating a misleading impression about their basis for requesting a warrant and ordered the Bureau to overhaul its process. In a blistering order, A judge on the FISA court accused the Bureau of providing false information and withholding materials that would have undercut its four surveillance applications. Funny thing, I said this back in March 2017, but let's go on. The FBI's handling of the Carter Page applications, as portrayed in the OIG report, was antithetical to the heightened duty of candor described above. Rosemary Collier, presiding judge with the FISA court, wrote in the order released by the court, The judge gave the FBI until January 10 to provide the court a sworn statement detailing how it plans to overhaul its approach to future surveillance applications. And it goes on. She goes on. The frequency with which representations made by FBI personnel turned out to be unsupported or contradicted by information in their possession and with which they withheld information detrimental to their case calls into the question whether information contained in the other FBI applications is reliable. Now, I have nothing but... Well, let me be careful about this. I want to admonish this judge. She had an opportunity to act when it mattered. Back on April 20, 2017... The Landmark Legal Foundation, under its president, Pete Hutchison, filed a motion, a secret motion, with this court. And it was a motion informing the judge of the violations that had occurred based on published reports, because it was known back in April 2017, some of it, if not much of it. And those... Exhibits were provided to the judge. Five days after we filed that, just five days after we filed that, 
The judge ruled as follows. Order. The court has received a pleading titled Motion for Leave to Appear as Amicus Curiae and for en banc order directing investigation submitted by Landmark Legal Foundation on April 20, 2017. Although presented as a request to appear as an Amicus Curiae friend of the court, there's no matter pending before the court with respect to which such an appearance would be proper. Therefore, order denies request. There is no matter pending before the court with respect to which such an appearance would be proper. That was always a disingenuous reply by this judge. And apparently she changed her mind today. Apparently she changed her mind more than two and a half years later and realized, oh, I have jurisdiction. The matter is pending, I suppose. Now, it never made any sense because a judge is free, even after a matter is done, to call parties before them in their courtroom if, in fact, the judge believes wrongs have been committed in the court and against the court. And so Judge Collier did not protect the federal judiciary. She did not protect her own courtroom. She did not protect the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. For more than two and a half years, she allowed these perpetrators to get away with what they did. And she could have brought an end to this. She could have had an evidentiary hearing, or a contempt hearing, if you will, and she chose not to. Now she's jumping on the bandwagon after the OIC report, after Robert Ray, who I'm no fan of, I mean uh, FBI Director Ray, I should say, W-R-A-Y, has announced 40 different reforms that he's going to uh, take a look at. After I and others, including Mike Lee, have said, you know, we have to abolish the court. The court failed to do its job, and I suspect it won't do its job. Only now does Judge Collier issue her decision. Only now. Because part of the problem is Judge Collier and any other judge who oversees or is involved as a FISA judge. They don't read these documents. Over a thousand of them were presented to the FISA courts in 2018, and only one was denied. That's almost a 100% approval record. Now that's absurd. So Judge Collier has some answering to do. And if Congress is serious about getting to the bottom of this, She and others need to be called before Congress in a legitimate oversight function, not to investigate her for criminal reasons, but to find out exactly what she and others did. (coughs) Did they read it? Did they raise any questions? Because the person being targeted or the groups being targeted, they have no presence in these secret courts, none. So more than two and a half years after... This judge, in a couple sentences, rejected landmark legal foundations, (coughs) very appropriate, pertinent motion, calling on her to investigate what has taken place and what was taking place, claiming in essence she didn't have jurisdiction anymore since the matter isn't before her anymore. Now she pulls jurisdiction back, claims the matter must is in front of her, and orders reforms, and orders this, and the other. 
the FISA system is broken, and in part because the FISA courts are broken. Including what Judge Collier did, Rosemary Collier, the presiding judge, under the FISC and the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court system. So I'm not impressed with what she's done here. I'm disturbed that it took her so long. She writes, the FISA court expects the government to provide complete and accurate information in every filing with the court. Without it, the court cannot properly ensure that the government conducts its electronic surveillance for foreign intelligence purposes only when there's a sufficient factual basis. Well, Judge Collier, why did you wait? Why didn't you hold your own hearing in secret? Why didn't you pull the parties in front of you? Why didn't you hold an evidentiary hearing? You were waiting for the office of the inspector general. But you have an independent obligation. You're an independent court. You're an independent body to look into these matters on your own. So it's all swell that you waited for the executive branch and for the office of the independent counsel to do its investigation. But in the meantime, they took a year and a half. The country's plotting along. We have elements within the media and elements within our political system who are denying that violations occurred or ignoring them completely. And you signed off on these applications. You or one of your colleagues. And you oversee this court system. You are responsible for this too. Who's going to hold you to account? And why did you slough off a perfectly legitimate motion that was warning you and inquiring of you and encouraging you to act. And you only act now. There were serious missteps, as the inspector general said. Worse than that, of course. But there were serious missteps by you, Judge Collier, and your colleagues. Because without you and your colleagues, there would have been no warrant, regardless of what the FBI did. And you chose to sit on the sidelines for two and a half years and watch it all play out. You chose to sit on your hands and watch it all play out until you could get cover from the Inspector General's report rather than conduct your own judicial inquiry. That is appalling to me. And this is why when Mike Lee, Senator Lee, was on my program last night, I said... I don't have a whole lot of faith that they're going to be able to reform this system. Not when we have judges like this, who even after the fact take their damn good old time addressing what was obvious over two and a half years ago. I'll be right back. Mark in. As the new year begins, Hillsdale College thanks you for your loyalty to freedom. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money 
Now, this independence allows the college to focus on its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership and extending its mission to the rest of the country. Happy New Year from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is Mark Levin wishing you a Happy New Year. Now back to the best of me, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The reason the left loves her is because she's a left-wing politician, former general counsel for the American Criminal Liberties Union, and pretty much a left-wing hack on the Supreme Court who has been idolized and celebrated by, of course, law schools, the media, and the usual cabal. And over at the Business Insider, they have an article titled, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg Hits Back at Trump's Call to Stop Impeachment. Quote, the president is not a lawyer. Why is she hitting back at anything? George Washington wasn't a lawyer either. So what? The President of the United States today wrote a historic letter, a comprehensive letter for the record for all of history and all of time to Nancy Pelosi, laying out in exquisite detail what a disgrace this entire railroad job is. And I'm going to begin reading it to you. And we'll have to go to the break at some point. I'll read it to you after the break as well. Because I don't believe I can finish it beforehand. But it's worth reading. He writes, Dear Madam Speaker, I write to express my... Of course, I lose it. Immediately lose it, Mr. Producer. Hold on. I write to express my strongest and most powerful protest against the partisan impeachment crusade being pursued by the Democrats in the House of Representatives. This impeachment represents an unprecedented and unconstitutional abuse of power by Democrat lawmakers, unequal to nearly two and a half centuries of American legislative history. The articles of impeachment introduced by the House Judiciary Committee are not recognizable under any standard of constitutional theory, interpretation, and jurisprudence. They include no crimes, no misdemeanors, and no offenses whatsoever. You have cheapened the importance of the very ugly word, impeachment. The articles of impeachment introduced by the House, I already read that, I'm reading off my iPhone. By proceeding with your invalid impeachment, you are violating your oaths of office, you are breaking your allegiance to the Constitution, and you are declaring open war on American democracy. You dare to invoke the Founding Fathers in pursuit of this election nullification scheme, Yet your spiteful actions display unfettered contempt for America's founding and your egregious conduct threatens to destroy that which our founders pledged their very lives to build. Even worse, worse than offending the founding fathers, you are offending Americans of faith by continually saying, I pray for the president. When you know this statement is not true, unless it is meant in a negative sense, it is a terrible thing you are doing, but you will have to live with it, not I. Your first claim, abuse of power, is a completely disingenuous, meritless, and baseless invention of your imagination. You know that I had a totally innocent conversation 
with the president of Ukraine. I then had a second conversation that has been misquoted, mischaracterized, and fraudulently misrepresented. Fortunately, there was a transcript of the conversation taken, and you know from the transcript, which was immediately made available, that the paragraph in question was perfect. I said to President Zelensky, quote, I would like you to do us a favor, though because our country's been through a lot, and Ukraine knows a lot about it, unquote. I said do us a favor, not me, and our country, not a campaign. I then mentioned the Attorney General of the United States. Every time I talk with a foreign leader, I put America's interests <coughs> America's interest first, just as I did with President Zelensky. You are turning a policy disagreement between two branches of government into an impeachable offense. It is no more legitimate than the executive branch charging members of Congress with crimes for the lawful exercise of legislative power. You know full well that Vice President Biden used his office and $1 billion of U.S. aid to to coerce Ukraine into firing the prosecutor who was digging into the company paying his son millions of dollars. You know this because Biden bragged about it on a video. Biden openly stated, quote, I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I looked at them and I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Even Joe Biden admitted just days ago in an interview with NPR that it looked bad. Now you're trying to impeach me by falsely accusing me of doing what Joe Biden has admitted he actually did. President Zelensky has repeatedly declared that I did nothing wrong and that there was no pressure. He further emphasized it was a good phone call. I don't feel pressure, and I explicitly stress that nobody pushed me. The Ukrainian foreign minister stated very clearly, I've never seen a direct link between investigations and security assistance. He also said there was no pressure. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, a supporter of Ukraine, who met privately with President Zelensky, has said, at no time during this meeting was there any mention by Zelensky or any Ukrainian that they were feeling pressure to do anything in return for the military aid. Many meetings have been held between representatives of Ukraine and our country. Never once did Ukraine complain about pressure being applied. Not once. This is a very, very powerful historic letter, and I want to complete it when I return. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. 
At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Some people spend their lives talking, which is fine by me. I spend a lot of my life talking. But for me, it's not enough. You have to act. And I don't deserve any credit for that motion. Landmark Legal Foundation filed that. I'm chairman of the board, but it's the president, Pete Hutchison, and his staff that put that together and filed it, and they were right on. And it was appalling that Judge Collier pretended she didn't have any jurisdiction to deal with because the case effectively was over. And now we know that these courts continue to uh, extend the FISA warrant. And there was an enormous amount of information by April of 2017, and we included it as exhibits, attaching it to our motion. And I don't even know if she read it. She acted so quickly and got rid of it. I, I think that she and that court and others of her colleagues who are on those courts were humiliated. And it exposed an enormous weakness in this process. Does anybody here think they read over 1,000 over 1,000 applications by the FBI in 2018. Anybody? I don't. Because they're judges on another court, too, a federal district court. And in addition, Landmark asked the National Security Council, the National Security Agency, the Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Central Intelligence Administration, among others, all of them to investigate these FISA violations. And not one of them agreed. Not one of them provided us with a positive response. Not one. You know, the great thing about the Little Landmark Legal Foundation is you don't hear a lot about them. They're not flashy. They don't issue a lot of press releases. They have a wonderful website, but they don't... They don't play ball in the marketing area. They just do the hard work. They're what I consider Landmark to be as a liberty guerrilla operation. Whether they're on the radar or off the radar, they are there every day pounding away. <clears throat> and I pointed it out to you a couple of years ago when this judge ruled the way she ruled. And now all of a sudden she found jurisdiction. She found the authority to act. It's really appalling. It, it's, it's quite appalling. I remember when Judge uh, Susan Weber Wright in Arkansas, chief judge of that district, after Bill Clinton was impeached, she ordered a, uh, a contempt hearing. Now, Landmark Legal Foundation, I and Arthur Ferguson, my buddy, the foundation filed what's called a judicial notice. Nobody had really heard of it before. And Clinton's lawyer 
Bob Bennett filed a motion saying, hey, they don't have standing. And I filed a counter motion, a reply, and I said, we didn't say we have standing. We don't seek standing. We're giving notice to a federal court that Mr. Clinton, as President of the United States, lied to the court and obstructed justice when he lied during the course of that deposition with Paula Jones. And the judge was there, so he lied to the judge and obstructed the judge. In other words, he did damage to the court and that the court needed to defend itself. We never heard from Judge Wright. She didn't rule on Bennett's motion because there was nothing to rule on. We didn't seek standing. And right after the Senate trial of Bill Clinton, right after the Senate trial, (coughs) she issued her opinion. She waited. She shouldn't have waited. She waited because she didn't want to influence the Senate trial. That's what she said. That's not her job. Her job is to rule. And ultimately, because Clinton refused to defend himself, because it would have required him to show up in court and defend himself, and that he certainly didn't want to do, he was held in civil contempt. He should have been held in criminal contempt, but her rationale was, I don't know if he can indict a sitting president, but that's not the point. You can still hold him in criminal contempt. She held him in civil contempt. It was not challenged. The Arkansas Supreme Court disbarred him. And he resigned from the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court bar, before they could disbar him. That was a landmark legal foundation filing. Again, no glitz, just brass knuckles. And so I'm very, very proud of them, what they're doing over there. I don't operate it day to day anymore. As I say, I'm just a board member, oversee the board not the day-to-day activities. But I point it out because, well, this judge is, well, look what this judge ruled. This judge should have ruled that a couple of years ago. This judge should have had a hearing a couple of years ago. This judge should have gotten to the bottom of what occurred in her court or in the court of the colleagues that she has, which she oversees, not sit around and wait for an inspector general report. What if there was never an inspector general report? What if there had never been an investigation? The one hand, the courts say, hey, look this, we're independent of the other branches. On the other hand, they're sitting around waiting for the office of inspector general and the executive branch. How about taking it upon themselves to look at it? They don't take this court seriously enough. The judges don't. I can assure you that if Judge Collier thought as a federal district judge in Washington, D.C., that some claimant, some party, had fixed the record, and it deceived the court. She wouldn't wait around for the executive branch to tell her what to do. She would immediately take charge of her courtroom. But she didn't hear. And in part, it's because of what I said. Because the judges in this system are not doing their damn jobs. And even with all the blaring abuses that were out there, forget about CNN, MSNBC, And the Democrats, excuse me, this judge knew what took place or knew enough to know that something bad took place. But there you have it. I want to finish the uh, letter by the president. 
Do I have an advertisement, Mr. Producer? I think we'll move it to the next segment. The president goes on in his letter, his historic letter, to the so-called Speaker of the House. The second claim, remember it's obstruction of justice, uh, Congress is the first. The second claim, so-called obstruction of Congress, is preposterous and dangerous. House Democrats are trying to impeach the duly elected President of the United States for asserting constitutionally based privileges that have been asserted on a bipartisan basis by administrations of both political parties throughout our nation's history. Under that standard, every American president would have been impeached many times over. That is something I've been arguing, isn't it? As liberal law professor Jonathan Turley warned when addressing congressional Democrats, quote, I can't emphasize this enough. If you impeach a president, if you make a high crime and misdemeanor out of going to the courts, it is an abuse of power. It's your abuse of power. You're doing precisely what you're criticizing the president for doing. Unquote. Everyone, you included, he writes to Pelosi, knows what is really happening. Your chosen candidate lost the election in 2016 in an electoral college landslide, 306 to 227. And you and your party have never recovered from this defeat. You have developed a full-fledged case of what many in the media call Trump derangement syndrome, and sadly, you will never get over it. You are unwilling and unable to accept the verdict issued at the ballot box during the great election of 2016. So you have spent three straight years attempting to overturn the will of the American people and nullify their votes. You view democracy as your enemy. Speaker Pelosi, <coughs> you admitted just last week. Uh, oops, I didn't say the word, so hang on there. I said, shh, everybody, hush. I'm getting there, the damn thing. Speaker Pelosi, you admitted just last week at a public forum that your party's impeachment effort has been going on for two and a half years, long before you ever heard about a phone call with Ukraine. 19 minutes after I took the oath of office, the Washington Post published a story headline, The Campaign to Impeach President Trump Has Begun. Less than three months after my inauguration, Representative Maxine Waters stated, I'm going to fight every day until he's impeached. House Democrats introduced the first impeachment resolution against me within months of my inauguration for what will be regarded as one of our country's best decisions, the firing of James Comey, see Inspector General reports, who the world now knows is one of the dirtiest cops our nation has ever seen. A ranting and raving Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib declared just hours after she was sworn into office, we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the MF. Representative Al Green said in May, I'm concerned that if we don't impeach the president, he will get reelected. Again, you and your allies said and did all these things long before you ever heard of President Zelensky or anything related to Ukraine. And as you know very well, this impeachment drive has nothing to do with Ukraine or the totally appropriate conversation I had with its new president. It only has to do with your attempt to undo the decision of 2016 and steal the election of 2020. Congressman Adam Schiff cheated and lied all the way up to the present day. 
even going so far as to fraudulently make up out of thin air my conversation with President Zelensky of Ukraine and read this fantasy language to Congress as though it were said by me. His shameless lies and deceptions dating all the way back to the Russia hoax is one of the main reasons we are here today. You and your party are desperate to distract from America's extraordinary economy, credible jobs boom, record stock markets, soaring confidence in flourishing citizens. Your party simply cannot compete with our record. Seven million new jobs, the lowest ever unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Asian Americans, a rebuilt military, a completely reformed VA with choice and accountability for our great veterans. More than 170 new federal judges and two Supreme Court justices. Historic tax and regulation cuts. The elimination of the individual mandate. The first decline in prescription drug prices in half a century. The first new branch of the United States military since 1947, the Space Force. Strong protection of the Second Amendment. Criminal justice reform. A defeated ISIS caliphate and the killing of the world's Number one terrorist leader, al-Baghdadi. The replacement of the disastrous NAFTA trade deal with the wonderful USMCA. Well, I'm not so sure about that, but that's all right. Lost my place. A breakthrough phase one trade deal with China. Massive new trade deals with Japan and South Korea. Withdrawal from the terrible Iran nuclear deal. Cancellation of the unfair. And he goes on. I wish I could do it justice. He has a hell of a record. A hell of a record, particularly considering what he's up against. There's nothing I would rather do than stop referring to your party as the do-nothing Democrats. Unfortunately, I don't know that you will ever give me a chance to do so. After three years of unfair and unwarranted investigations, $45 million spent, 18 angry Democrat prosecutors, the entire force of the FBI headed by leadership now proven to be totally incompetent and corrupt, You have found nothing. Few people in high position could have endured or passed this test. You do not know, nor do you care, the great damage and hurt you have inflicted upon wonderful and loving members of my family. You conducted a fake investigation upon the democratically elected president of the United States, and you're doing it yet again. There are not many people who could have taken the punishment inflicted during this period of time and yet done so much for the success of America and its citizens. But instead of putting our country first, you've decided to disgrace our country still further. You completely failed with the Mueller report because there was nothing to find. So you decided to take the next hoax that came along, the phone call with Ukraine, even though it was a perfect call. And by the way, when I speak to foreign countries, there are many people with permission listening to the call on both sides of the conversation. And the letter goes on for a couple more paragraphs. I'm going to have to take a break. But it is a fabulous letter. It really is. And it'll be a historic letter. And I'm very, very hopeful the president tomorrow or soon after the Democrats in the House take their vote. And I say the Democrats. This is a Democrat impeachment process, not a House impeachment process. I hope the President will talk to the nation for 10 or 15 minutes. That's my hope. 
This is a powerful, powerful letter. I'll be right back. As the new year begins, Hillsdale College thanks you for your loyalty to freedom. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the rest of the country. Happy New Year from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Man, oh, man, of I don't know how we're going to get everything in today. I really don't. Now, do we have a caller who's available, an irregular American? Let's take one. Todd in Arizona, go. It's an honor. Hey, I wanted to say the one word that should attach to every Democrat who is going to vote for this is the word shame. Mm-hmm. Shame for all the unjust, unfair trials. We look back in history and say, didn't someone say something should have been done? That's what we're living in right now. The word is shame for all of them who vote for this. You're right. I have other words, but I can't use them on the air, of course. Thank you, my friend. I shall return. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy new year. Now back to the best of me. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I won't be here tomorrow night. I'll be at a wonderful event with Turning Point USA. And I look forward to that very much. I will be back on Friday. Excuse me, Thursday. These days all come together for me. Thursday. There's Eric Swalwell on TV again, Mr. Producer. Which side of his body will he be talking out of tonight? Does it matter? It all sounds the same. They have a a, a new argument. They're such liars. But they all say the same thing. That they, they couldn't wait, you know, for these four witnesses now that Schumer want, like Bolton and so forth, and and, uh, Mulvaney. But now that it goes to the Senate, the Chief Justice is the is the overlord there, and he can order them to be there. He is, after all, the Chief Justice, and they would have to comply. That's not how it works. 
separation of powers. The chief justice doesn't decide. The courts decide in the context of civil litigation. Chief justice is one judge. He doesn't have the authority to make a decision about separation of powers during the course of an impeachment trial. These people are, they're not only morons, they're liars. They're liars. Mitch McConnell is, uh, is pounding away on Schumer. Schumer looks like the uh, raincoat guy, does he not, Mr. Producer? On the corner during the rain? Hey, want cigarettes? Now, every time you see Adam Schiff on TV, that should be your image. Or better yet, Nadler. Man, that's big woman's underwear for Nadler, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Or Chuck Schumer with women's underwear over his head. I can see that. Got a whole... Look, they're perverting the Constitution, so in my view, they're perverts. What's wrong with that? You have no idea the earful I'm going to take for playing that song. I don't care. I like it. Mitch McConnell on the floor of the United States Senate today. Cut six. Go. We don't create impeachments over here, Mr. President. We judge them. The House chose this road. It's their duty to investigate. It's their duty to meet the very high bar for undoing a national election. As Speaker Pelosi herself once said, it is the House's obligation to, quote, build an ironclad case to act. That's Speaker Pelosi. It's the House's obligation to build an ironclad case to act, end quote. If they fail, they fail. It's not the Senate's job to leap into the breach and search desperately for ways to get the guilty. That would hardly be impartial justice. That is a brilliant point. I know, it's painful. What can I say? That is a brilliant point. More McConnell. Cut seven. Go. All signs seem to suggest that later this week, the House Democrats are finally going to do what many of them have been foreshadowing for three years now and impeach President Trump. It appears that the most rushed, least thorough, and most unfair impeachment inquiry in modern history. Now, it's not modern history. It's all of American history. I can't find another one, whether federal judges or prior presidents. It is the most outrageous ever. Go ahead. After just 12 weeks, and that its slapdash work product will be dumped on us over here in the Senate. I'll have much more to say to our colleagues and to the American people if and when the House does move ahead. But as we speak today, House Democrats still have the opportunity to do the right thing for the country and avoid setting this toxic new precedent. The House can turn back from the cliff and not deploy this constitutional remedy of last resort to deliver a predetermined partisan outcome. Yeah, I mean, it does a little good today, but history is going to judge these people and their actions, as well as the media, extremely harshly. But in the meantime, they are doing untold damage to our constitutional system. They're even talking, as I keep pointing out, about successive impeachments. Successive impeachments. They're even talking about 
needing to stop the president from being reelected. Because he will violate the Constitution in another term. So now, it's like their view, Mr. Producer, on post-birth abortions. We've got to have abortions after birth. In this way, they're talking, we have to abort this presidency before, during, and after elections. It's sick stuff, but there you go. Speaking of sick stuff, speaking of women's underwear, here's Chuck Schumer on the floor today. Cut eight, go. Why is the leader, why is the president so afraid of having these witnesses come testify? Your question we better pose to Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, and Nancy Pelosi. They had complete 100% control of this process in the House. And they didn't call these witnesses. Some of them they didn't even subpoena because they didn't want the court battle. And they didn't want to wait. They wanted to do this now. Because they want to influence the election going forward. And because, as my friend down the street said, they want to influence the makeup of the Supreme Court should one of the justices die or resign. So they're not hurry to get this done because, of course, we can't allow an impeached president to successfully nominate people to the Supreme Court. And I think he's on to something. That's part of the reason for the rush. Go ahead. What are they afraid the witnesses would say? I'd like to hear Leader How McCarthy. come on your list? Hey, tough guy. Hey, cornrow. Hey, tough guy. How come on your list of four you don't include the so-called whistleblower? What's that all about? How come on your list of four you don't include Hunter Biden? What's that all about? You complete fraud and jackass, Schumer. You always have been. All the years I've been on radio on WABC in New York. What is it now? 15, 16 years, Mr. Producer? Sundays included. This jerk would never come on my show. Knows who I am. Well aware. Won't come on the show. Mr. Tough Guy. Mr. Schiff, tough guy, won't come on the show. Nadler, tough guy, won't come on the show. And I'd be perfectly civil and polite. What are you afraid of, Chuck? Just like you said, what are you afraid of, Chuck? Four witnesses I want. Well, why aren't you asking for the so-called whistleblower and Hunter Biden? Because you're a fraud. And it won't end there, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, did you hear what Bolton said? Now we need more witnesses and more witnesses. So they want two bites at the apple. Two bites at the apple. Go ahead. Come to the floor and give specific reasons why. He gave specific reasons, you idiot. And by the way, the majority in the Senate doesn't answer to you. The majority in the House acts like dictators, and the minority in the Senate acts like dictators. They assume they're in control, no matter what. No matter what, clown. And why is this Eric Swalwell getting all this attention? This backbencher nobody, who got less than 1% support, decides he's going to run for president of the United States? On what basis? He's a moron. He's all over TV. I want to remind you, 
I want to remind you what Maxine Waters said December 17, 1998, during the impeachment of Bill Jefferson, B.J. Clinton. Cut 12, go. They are driven by hatred. They hate Bill and Hillary Clinton so much they will stop at nothing to bring him down. Oh, but they got another thought coming. Meanwhile, her husband worked for the Clinton administration. He was appointed the head muckety-muck for the United States in Bermuda, I believe. Something like that. You know, that's a job I would take, Mr. Producer. Wouldn't you love that job? I am the top American foreign policy guy in Bermuda. You can wear short pants all day. You can wear t-shirts. Nobody's going to bother you. Nobody cares about Bermuda. It's a wonderful place to vacation. I was there once. I could live there. I liked it so much. But anyway, what are the foreign policy issues with Bermuda, Mr. Uh, Producer? I don't think there are any. Man, I should have positioned myself for that job. You think they'd confirm me in the United States Senate, Mr. Producer? I think they would. They'd say, get them the hell out of here. Send them to Bermuda. They think it's like, you know, Gitmo. Send them to Bermuda, get them out. But I could broadcast from there, you know, like a pirate broadcaster. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Wow. This season, Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited time offer with you, my listeners. And there's still time to place your order for the holidays, but time is running out, as you know. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar to order the favorite gift package. The gift all your friends and family will love for only $69.99. Order now and you'll get four six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet mignons, the most tender steak in the world, four savory premium pork chops, four Obama, Obama, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four perfectly brown potatoes au gratin, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, an Omaha Steaks signature seasoning packet, plus, for you, a free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board. All this delicious food, plus the free cutlery set you'll enjoy for years to come for only 
Omaha Steaks is a fifth-generation family-owned company with over 100 years of expertise in delivering perfectly aged beef hand-cut by master butchers in the heartland of America. Again, order right now, and you can get the favorite gift package plus the free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board, only $69.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com, type in Levin, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar. Folks, I wouldn't wait anymore. You're going to miss out. If you want to take advantage of this offer and get your gift before the holidays are over, that's order the favorite gift package today. OmahaSteaks.com, code LEVIN. By the way, I don't, I don't believe Obama makes steaks, does he, Mr. Producer? I wouldn't eat them anyway, would you? No, I don't think I would. We have uh, Gerald Nadler. Jerry! Jerry! Jerry, your chocolate milk's ready. Jerry, what are you doing down there with the donuts? Back in December 17, 1998. Clinton impeachment. Cut 13. Go. Because he knew quite properly that an impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election. And one of the reasons... We all feel so angry about what they are doing, is that they are ripping from us, they are ripping asunder our votes. They are telling us that our votes don't count, and that the election must be set aside. They're telling us uh, we're ripping asunder the votes here. We're ripping the votes asunder. Ripping the votes asunder. Well, what about today? That's different. We want to rip the votes asunder today. They're Republicans. We're ripping the votes asunder. More Nadler. Cut 14. Go. Impeaching a president when you have not got a broad consensus of the American people, a broad agreement of almost everybody that this fellow Stop. has got a- There was a very broad consensus in the House of Representatives. It was heavily bipartisan. Clinton had committed felonies. I heard one reporter on a cable channel say, It was about sex. It was about felonies. You don't degrade what somebody has done in a courtroom to somebody else and to a judge and say, oh, it's just about sex. Just about sex. No. It was about felonies. Eleven of them. Hello? Eleven of them. Specific felonies in the federal criminal code. Felonies. They've got nothing here. Zero. Zero. Back to Jerry. Is it Jerry Lewis or Jerry Nadler? Hello. Hello. Go ahead. Clear and present danger to our liberty. Ah, shut up, you idiot. Back then, uh, I have to admit, he was a member emeritus of Fatties United, Mr. Producer. We wanted to give him an award, but he would never show up at our events. We have these wonderful events, these banquets. We have uh, all kinds of a smorgasbord going on there, all kinds of meats and fowl and fish. Desserts you can't even imagine. None of this sugar-free, fat-free stuff. We load it up. And there we invited Jerry Nadler, who was built like Alaska, and the guy wouldn't come. And I wanted to give him... The Jerry Nadler F.U. Emeritus Award, the Jerry Nadler 
Fatties United Award, but he wouldn't come. But I still give him a, a big Mark Levin FU shout out. I'll be right back. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Well, you know, my friends, for the past three years, really longer, I've been pounding the airwaves about the attempted coup. And now coup perpetrated against our president. This is a coup. I've been calling it a silent coup. For the other broadcasters who use that phrase, go ahead and show us the audio or the video when you first used it. I know when I first used it, and I know why. And that's exactly what's been taking place. And the exact same thing in a different manner is being done in Israel. A coup against Benjamin Netanyahu, who I believe was Israel, is Israel's greatest prime minister. He and Menachem Begin. The red-hot hatred that spews from the left here is sadly not unique to our great republic. As now the leftists in Israel have targeted their leader. But I'll bet you haven't heard the whole story, which I just exposed on Levin TV with my special guest, Arthur Ferguson, former federal prosecutor. It's an incredible story. And we have it up on my social sites, don't we, Mr. Producer? It's out in front of the paywall. I hope you'll take a good look at it. And I hope you'll share it with friends and family. I know you haven't heard the whole story. Together, Arthur Ferguson and I uncovered and dug into this story and this politically driven campaign to oust the Prime Minister of Israel. Many of the same elements are involved. This group called J Street, which is a reprehensible group filled with reprobates and self-hating Jews. I'm just telling you the truth. Right, Harry? Harry! You keep wanting to know who Harry is. One day I'm going to tell you. Harry. Now, because this issue is important to me, as are so many, I want to personally invite you to watch it by going to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com, and signing up for a free 30-day trial. Watch the shows, quickly see how we bring you content and perspective found nowhere else on TV, and expose the left, whichever side of the ocean they are rearing their heads. And if you use code LEVIN, you'll get $10 off your annual plan. That's LEVINTV, promo code LEVIN. Lots of LEVINs there. Just for you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow is the vote. TV's going to be very excited. They hope to get their ratings up. They hope to get their ratings up. But Doug Collins, who's turned out to be a superstar, a congressman from Georgia, such a superstar that the governor of Georgia fears his his rise and fears his potential competition. So he picks a rhino woman who raised a lot of money for Mitt Romney and makes her a senator. This idiot Kemp in Georgia. 
But here's Doug Collins at a hearing, the Rules Committee. See, they have to have a rule that comes out of the Rules Committee. And one of the members of the Rules Committee is a former federal judge. And I say former federal judge because he was impeached. He was impeached. You have a former federal judge who was impeached by the Senate and convicted. Impeached by the House, convicted by the Senate, and removed. Who's now an elected congressman. Sitting on the Rules Committee, voting on rules for the unconstitutional impeachment of our president, Alcee Hastings. Very nice man if you meet him. But he is what he is. He's a leftist, and he was impeached. Anyway, here's Doug Collins at the hearing on the rules today on impeachment. Cut three, go. You know, it's interesting that I hear a lot today, and I've heard already from Mr. Raskin and from the, from the chairman as well, discussion of the founders. And it's interesting, we, we cherry-pick the founders, and that's okay, that's what, you know, partisans do. When you're in a partisan impeachment, you cherry-pick the founders. If you like this partisan work, you do that one. If you like the other partisan. But the one that's not mentioned is the very thing that we're here for. And that was found, I believe it was in uh, Federalist, uh, I think it was 65, it was, it was Hamilton. When he said this, he said the founders warned against a vague open-ended charge because it could be applied in a partisan fashion by the majority of the House of Representatives against an opposition president. Alexander Hamilton called partisan impeachment regulated by more of the comparative strength of parties than the real demonstration of innocence or guilt, the greatest danger. And additionally, the founders explicitly excluded the term maladministration from the impeachment clause because they did not want the subject presidents to the whims of Congress, their words. James Madison said, so vague a term will be the equivalent to a tenure during the, ple- during the pleasure of the Senate. And I would say it would be a tenure to the pleasure of this House. And by the way, this is why you don't play ball with what the House did. I don't care what witness you want to hear from. This is why Schumer's pushing for witnesses. Because he knows they didn't make the case to the American people in the House, folks. The USA Today poll today has Trump beating every single Democrat who's running for the nomination in their party for president head-to-head, nationwide. He has strength and growing strength in the battleground states. Democrats' support for impeachment dropped from 90% of Democrats to 77% of Democrats. Now, that's still absurd, but that's a double-digit decline There's a backlash going on. There is a tediousness to this. There's a tediousness to this after three years where we're told he's broken campaign finance laws, but he hasn't. Where he colluded with Russia, but he didn't. That there were sealed indictments against him, but there aren't. That the phone call with Ukraine was a quid pro quo, it was bribery, it was this, but it wasn't. Over and over and over again, Chicken Little and the Democrat Party. Dressed up as Saul Linsky. More Doug Collins. Cut four. Go. And I agree with him on that point that this is about impeachment. Uh, what I disagree is it's not about abuse of power. It's not everything else. And it would come a lot better from the majority if they have not had a long history, a written record. This is something that you love to see in the law because it's a written record of motive. You've seen it since the day that he was elected. 
You've seen it in this whole process working out. You saw it last year when my chairman ran for the job because he would be the best for impeachment. What was hanging out last year for impeachment? What became a, a Mueller report that didn't give them everything they wanted. And then we came into a call. This is this is a pattern. And look, you, I, I've said this to, to my chairman, who I respect. You've got the votes. You just voted. You got the votes. You didn't go explain it to the American people. Talk about, talk about afflicting an election. This is what, what we're looking at. But there are a few things here, though, that is interesting. As I said earlier on, time and clock are terrible masters. And I've heard it so many times from the, from the chairman of this committee, the chairman of my committee, and others. We've got to do this because of the 2020 election. Well, put a candidate up that's worth voting for. How about that? Instead of going after a president who you're having trouble beating because of the things that have happened in our country with unemployment, with the economy going good, and everything else. That's what political uh, primaries are for. Not this. But they don't have a good candidate. They have a bunch of kooks and a man who can't spell his name. Running for the nomination. Tom Cole is a putative Republican. Uh, He's very much the gadfly. Goes against conservatives repeatedly, but not today. Even he is very disturbed at what he's saying. Again, from the Rules Committee hearing today, cut five, go. Though we may be moving forward with a vote, I certainly do not believe the majority's proven its case or convinced the American people that the weeks of wasted time was worth it. And personally, I believe the articles themselves are unwarranted. The majority is seeking to remove the president over something that didn't happen, the alleged quid pro quo with the president of Ukraine. Never mind that the foreign aid went to the Ukraine as it was supposed to, and never mind that no investigations were required uh, for the Ukraine to get the aid, and never mind that the two participants in the famous conversation, President Trump and President Zelensky, said nothing inappropriate happened. According to the majority, however, a quid pro quo that never existed is an appropriate basis for removing the president from office. And yet, even though the majority has not proven its case, and even though there's no basis for impeachment, they're still moving forward today. What I cannot discern is a legitimate reason why. Why the majority is moving forward when the process is so partisan, why they are moving forward when the American people are not with them, why they are moving forward when they haven't proven their case, and why they are moving forward when there is no basis for impeachment. Why? Why put the country through all this? Because they thought and think it will help them in the 2020 election. And if it doesn't, they figure, let's burn down the institution if we can't control all this. Folks, they don't support the Constitution. Listen to them in the past. The, 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 the framers were racist, white supremacists, slaveholders, that the nation began in 1619 and slavery, and there's slavery in our DNA. If you really believe that, you must hate the country. Or that capitalism should be replaced with centralized, government-run socialism. No, but capitalism is about freedom. Free markets, voluntary transactions. If you don't have capitalism, you can't have freedom. They're inextricably linked. Well, you know, they don't particularly like you, the citizenry, so we're going to have open borders, and more noble people are going to come into this country. More noble people are going to come into this country. 
14 states, including now New Jersey, have said they're going to get driver's licenses. And many of them get Social Security or, excuse me, or food stamps or other welfare programs. They get free education. Sure, why not? The way you beat the citizenry, the current citizenry, is to change it. Now, that's what they're doing. And the overwhelming majority who come here and their, their progeny will vote for Democrats. How do we know? Because that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. If you don't like laws, you nullify them. So we have sanctuary cities. We have open borders. If you don't like laws, you just nullify them. If you want new laws, you just make them up, like Obama did. But what they cannot tolerate and will not tolerate is a businessman who comes into the Oval Office and shakes things up and doesn't play their game, doesn't talk like them, talks like the American people, has a flawed life like everybody else does. But the difference between Trump and Pelosi, the difference between Trump and Schiff and Nadler, the difference between Trump and virtually every one of these Democrats running for president is he loves his country. And he loves the people of the country. He's not interested in putting them in the groups based on one issue or another. He loves the country. Tell me, does Adam Schiff sound like he loves the country? Does Maxine Waters sound like she loves the country? Does Chuck Schumer sound like he loves the country? No, they don't. Did I say that? Yes, I did. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy new year. Now back to the best of me. What lies ahead for our economy and mortgages in 2020? Well, forecasters expect the economy to stall through relatively smooth, excuse me, to sail through relatively smooth orders in 2020, despite it being an election year. And that's why they don't expect much movement in mortgage rates. Inflation should remain mild. Trade tensions should ease and mortgage rates are expected to remain around the same low levels through 2020 as they spent the last half of 2019. So if a new home purchase or mortgage refinance is on your mind, I know just the people who will earnestly help you. The salary-based, not commission-based mortgage consultants at American Financing. These people are in it for you. No pressure, no obligation, no upfront fees. Just custom home loans that meet your goals, including free pre-qualification. In other words, they're honest. They're honest. They're not trying to rip you off. And they're currently saving customers up to $1,000 a month, sometimes more. Why not see what they can do for you? No strings attached. It only takes 10 minutes to get started. Give them a call. They're there right now. 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, Mr. Producer, let's have a caller, please. Go. KSFO, our great affiliate, Dan in California. How are you, sir? Good. Hi, hi Mark. 
Uh, thank you for everything you do. Uh, several times in the last uh, several months, you've asked a question about the FISA court, and you've asked why hasn't the FISA court done anything on it on its own initiative about uh, about the deceit in the yes. filings? And today you talked about the landmark uh, the landmark uh, filings. Uh, I have a suggestion. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that the court was lied to, but what's the basis for us knowing that the court was deceived? What's the basis for it? Yes. I'm, I'm suggesting... I mean, the basis is overwhelming. There's 500 pages to begin with. And before that, it was one story after another that was leaked to the media. But my question is, why, why is it that we assume that the court wasn't part of the... No, of the, the court's not part of a conspiracy. Had any of the courts? Have we had any? Have we had any district courts this so far? All right. Let me try my question for you. What's your evidence that the court is part of a conspiracy? What's my evidence that that any of the district courts have been part of the resistance thus far? What's my evidence that NASA isn't involved in the conspiracy? You see, you want to prove a negative. I can throw anything out there. Well, What's your evidence for it? There's no evidence for anything. The answer is the answer is that none of the district courts have done anything in resisting. Well, uh, all the district courts aren't involved. No, but what's the the, the evidence? I'll, I'll go back to your question. The evidence is that they sat there. For two now, the days. fact is straightforward. Let's not let's not go into the shadows. I don't like the shadows. The evidence is straightforward. These courts failed to do their job. They've now been humiliated. They've been humiliated for a long time, and this judge has to act. And so she's being celebrated today, but there's nothing to celebrate. This should have been done two and a half years ago. Now, you take from that that she's in a conspiracy. You have no evidence for that whatsoever. I don't take from that that she's in a conspiracy. I take from that that this system needs to be eliminated if we cannot rely on judges to do their job. And apparently we can't. Now, life went on before the FISA courts, and life will go on after. We need to find something, in my view, to replace them because the judges have been utterly uh, asleep at the wheel. The problem is the system. There is no conspiracy. The conspiracy, if there is one, and there was one, is among the uh, top level of the FBI, but it didn't include the judges. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, looks like I started quite a little hubbub here in response to our fascist speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. And she is a fascist in every respect. She conducts herself like a fascist. She has body language like a fascist. And that's what she is, a fascist. How many times have I said that? Five times? I'll say 25 times by the end of the program, for those who like to keep count in the liberal media. First, Nancy Pelosi, after the vote, these two phony articles of impeachment, which I'll get to in a moment, after the vote, 
she just decided, I'm not going to appoint managers to go over to the Senate for the trial because I don't like what I'm hearing over there in the Senate from McConnell and others who've already made up their minds and Chuck Schumer wants witnesses and I'm going to try and leverage this to try and get Chuck Schumer witnesses in the Senate and control the Senate trial process. And she got this harebrained idea from a harebrained left-wing old man who is still a Harvard Law professor by the name of Lawrence Tribe. He wrote an op-ed suggesting something along these lines. And Nancy Pelosi is anything but an independent thinker. So she and her stupid sidekick, Stumpy Hoyer, said, hey, why not? And so today, by the way, they took a holiday recess and they won't be back till January 7th. So this is what they've done. Let's let's listen. Cut five. Go. When we see uh, the process that is set forth in the Senate, uh, then we'll know the number of managers that we may have to go forward and who that we, who we would choose. So that's what I said last night. That's what I'm saying now. Uh, the uh, precedent for this, and I met with my six chairs after some of us were together for a press conference after the votes last night, uh, and we discussed the precedent of it all, and that is in the uh, most recent uh, case. You know, you know, she's very painful to listen to, really, with her spasmatic jaw and her little electronic ends not really synapsing. It's just, it's, it's hard to listen to this woman. The Botox floating around like mashed potatoes in her forehead. Her lips falling off her face. Her teeth coming loose. Oh, Mark, you shouldn't talk to her. Of course I can. And of course I will. These people deserve that and a hell of a lot more. Go ahead. An impeachment. Uh, there was uh, a proposal on the floor uh, put together by, in a bipartisan way, 100 senators voted for the process on how they would go forward uh, on the case of... of right, let's stop there. Why does she care what the Senate voted on? She's the Speaker of the House, and really the Speaker of the Democrats in the House. It's none of her business. The sole power for conducting a trial is in the Senate. So why is she involved in the, in the Senate? Because she's colluding with Schumer and the Democrats. And they think this is clever. This has never been done in American history either. To try and use an impeachment in the House as leverage to control and effect the procedures that are used in the Senate. And I hope about now Republican senators are in a fury. And we'll follow my proposal in just a moment. Go ahead. We would hope that they could come to some conclusion like that. But in any event, we're ready. Uh, when we see what they have, we'll know who and how many we will send over. That's all I'm going to say about that now. That's all she's going to say. It has nothing about who and how many. The jig is up. The cat is out of the bag. The dentures have dropped. And that is, she's following the advice of a left-wing kook Harvard Law professor who suggested that she put the brakes on and force McConnell to accommodate whatever it is she wants to accommodate. Cut six, go. You run the risk, as some Republicans have said, of looking like you're playing games with impeachment if you hold on to these articles for too long. I said what I was going to say, Nancy. We are, we have, I have, 
when we bring the bill. Oh my is- God! What are we dealing with here? Hit it again at the top, please. Cut six. Go. You run the risk, as some Republicans have said, of looking like you're playing games with impeachment if you hold on to these articles for too long. I said what I was going to say, Nancy. We are. We have. I have. When we bring the bill, which is just so you know, there's a bill made in order by the Rules Committee that we can call up at any time, in order to send it over to the Senate and to have the provisions in there to pay for the for the impeachment and then the next step and the uh, the, whatever you want to call it the 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 trial oh my god are you listening to this mr producer oh my god is she on something maybe she should be she have a lobotomy maybe she needs a lobotomy this is incredible go ahead That is where you put the managers. I was not prepared to put the managers and that bill yet because we don't know the arena that we are in. The arena you're in, genius, is called the United States Senate. You choose three or four managers, and then you await the Senate, tell you what the manager's supposed to do. Now, let's use these false analogies they use all the time. You don't send prosecutors in a courtroom until they figure out who the jurors are and who the judge is. You get your ass in the courtroom. Let's stop this. Let's start this again at the top of the hour, because I think Nancy Pelosi, a fascist by every definition of the word, I said a fascist. Fascistic Nancy Pelosi uh, needs her head examined, and I mean that literally. Cut six, go. You run the risk of some Republicans have said of looking like you're playing games with impeachment if you hold on to these articles for too long. I said what I was going to say, Nancy. We are, we have, I have, when we bring the bill, which is, just so you know, there's a bill made in order by the Rules Committee that we can call up at any time in order to send it over to the Senate and to have the provisions in there to pay for the for the impeachment <coughs> And then the next step. uh, Is she having a stroke? Maybe a mini... Is something going on there? Mini stroke? I certainly wouldn't wish that on her, but... She sounds like... Half of her mouth is frozen. Maybe all of it. Go ahead. Whatever you want to call it. the, the, The trial. That is where you put the managers... I was not prepared to put the managers and that bill yet because we don't know the arena that we are in. Frankly, I don't care what the Republicans say. Any other questions? Not on this subject. I've said this is it. That's it. That's it. Fascistic Nancy has spoken. Let's slip in one more. Cut seven. Go. But we'd like to see a fair process, but we'll see what they have, and we'll be ready for whatever it is. We would hope there would be a fair process, just as we hope. Oh, that that's would. very, very clever. This is what the fascists do. This is what they do. They deny any form of due process. They destroy the traditional means by which impeachments are pursued. They come up with two completely bogus articles of impeachment. They shut down minority rights, the other party's rights. They shut down the right of the accused, this case the president, 
from confronting his accuser, uh, from having a lawyer present during secret testimony, uh, and from providing witnesses and uh, as well as uh, evidence, again, uh, not at the second stage where the House Judiciary Committee strangely takes over from the House Intelligence Committee, but at the earliest front end of the stage. The uh, poisonous tree, uh, uh, the fruit of the poisonous tree here has taken place, to make an old parallel, and the fruitcakes have taken place too here, as, as it turns out. Nancy Pelosi among the, uh, among the most of the fruitiest fruitcakes. Now, you've heard this. Are you tired of fascistic Nancy Pelosi destroying your constitution? Are you tired of her fascistic edicts undermining the entire process? I am. So what do we do about it? I'll tell you when we return. I'll be right back. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. I want to thank my buddy Dan Bongino for filling in last night. It wasn't my plan to be absent. Who knew? But there was a plan that had been on for some time on our schedule to go to Turning Point USA, their marvelous event there, for which I received a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I want to thank Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk, and all the folks there. It was a very, very wonderful event. We met wonderful patriots. And this impeachment has really motivated conservatives and many independents, Trump supporters across the board. Motivated them across the board. My problem is it's done great, great violence to the United States Constitution in every respect. The process used in the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives, what was done to the Republican minority, what was done to the accused President of the United States, the conspiracies behind the scenes and in the shadows between members of the House, including Adam Schiff and his staff, and a phony whistleblower in order to concoct this entire thing. One day this will all be unraveled and presented to the American people. It'll just be too late. Now these impeachment articles are not impeachment articles. They're kitchen sink articles. They put two names on two overall overarching matters and threw the kitchen sink into both of them. It's so bad, as I explained last week on radio, as I explained on TV on radio, it's so bad that there's not a single president of the United States of any party who could escape impeachment. Let me also underscore and reiterate that Donald Trump has not violated the Constitution in any respect during his entire tenure. That Donald Trump has not violated any federal statute in any effect during his entire tenure. That Donald Trump has not violated any rule during his tenure. Now, there have been allegations made, but I said he has not violated them. And yet he's impeached. He's not impeached 
because of the reasons that the framers put the impeachment clause in your Constitution. He's not impeached because of anything he has done as President of the United States or before. He's not impeached because he committed a high crime or misdemeanor, treason or bribery. He did none of that. He's impeached because the Democrat Party and their media reject the 2016 election, are positioning themselves for the 2020 election, and will do anything, including a fraudulent, unconstitutional impeachment to take out a duly elected president of the United States. They will try to destroy the Electoral College to prevent this from happening again. They have tried to use the Emoluments Clause against this president, who's never violated the Emoluments Clause. They've tried everything to cripple him. They've harassed him and his family with endless subpoenas that have nothing to do with the Article I legislative function of the Congress of the United States. Nothing. Schumer and others pressured the appointment of a special counsel in violation of standing Department of Justice regulations. In matters that we knew then, but are now certified by the Inspector General, well, flat-out lies. In fact, the commissions of crime, as far as I'm concerned, in contempt of a court, with a phony dossier, the phoniest of dossiers, lying to the FISA court, filing false evidence with the FISA court. We have never seen anything like this in American history. The attacks on a candidate for president, the attacks on a man who was just elected president during the transition, the attacks on a man who was just sworn in as president of the United States. We have never, ever seen anything like this. This isn't the resistance. These are Marxist buffoons. And if they say, oh, you're very extreme in the language you use, well, who else conducts themselves this way? This has been an attempt at an overthrow, or as I've said, a silent coup that has been repeated ad nauseum now, but an attempt at an overthrow in place since before the man was elected and executed since the man has been elected. And when you step back and think about the allegations that he came into office in order to make money, when he gives away his salary and he puts his business on hold and deep freeze for three years where he probably could have made billions more? That he's dictator-like? He's fascistic-like? He's, he's like Hitler and Stalin. Really? Did he round up Japanese Americans like Franklin Roosevelt did? Did he throw his political opponents in prison like Woodrow Wilson did? Did he unleash the IRS on media outlets with whom he disagreed like JFK, FDR, and LBJ did? Did he put wiretaps on his political opponents the way LBJ and JFK did? And Barack Obama? Who the hell are they talking about? Donald Trump is a victim. He's not a perpetrator. Donald Trump has complied with every federal law, the Constitution, and every court decision. 
It's not Barack Obama. The victim. The victim is the target. And he continues to be the victim. And so do we, the people. More when I return. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy new year. Now back to the best of me. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Donald Trump Jr. will be on the program in the last hour. And he'll be here on the, uh, he'll be on the phone, but it'll be live. So uh, I hope you'll stick with us. And I just realized I didn't tell you the solution to what Nancy Pelosi is doing, which I will in a moment. Near rock bottom mortgage rates are behind a surge in refinance activity. Have you taken advantage of them? Well, if not, it's not too late, you know. So why not take 10 minutes today and make the call to American financing? You can learn about lower rates as well as the many other refi benefits available to you, like consolidating high interest debt, dropping mortgage insurance, accessing cash, or shortening your term. Whatever your need, they're here to help you. There's no commission involved, so there's no pressure. <clears throat> Their only objective is to customize a loan that can add hundreds, maybe even $1,000 back to your monthly budget. Pre-qualification is free. There are no upfront fees to pay, and it really only takes 10 minutes to get started. Why not see what they can do for you? It's painless. It's risk-free. And I'll bet. It's a wonderful opportunity. Give them a call right now. They're even open tonight and on weekends. 888-900-1828. That's their number. 888-900-1828. Or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right. Impeachment was voted on in the House of Representatives. And there it sits. Because Nancy Pelosi says, I'm not going to choose the managers until I'm satisfied with the kind of trial that the Senate is going to create. That is the opposite party, McConnell and the Republicans. And the Chief Justice has no say in this whatsoever, just so you know. And they took the guidance from left-wing kook, Harvard Law professor, Lawrence Tribe. Now, Here's what Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans must do. The Senate has the sole power under the Constitution to adjudicate an impeachment. Therefore, Pelosi is attempting to obstruct the Senate's power to act on its constitutional authority. McConnell should immediately put an end to this and declare the impeachment null and void as far as the Senate is concerned. Because the Speaker has failed to complete the impeachment process by timely sending it to the Senate for adjudication. And in fact, she caused a recess to occur in the House of Representatives without appointing the necessary House managers. So she's abandoned the field. You ever have a contractor, comes into your home, does work, makes a mess of things, then you decide, you know what, I'm going to hold them to account. And they abandon the work. You ever have that, Mr. Producer? But it happens. Well, that's 
Nancy Pelosi. She's abandoned the impeachment process. McConnell has no less authority to unilaterally make such a decision that this matter is now null and void as far as the Senate's concerned than Pelosi does to unilaterally withhold the administrative notification of an impeachment to the Senate, whether it's indefinitely or with conditions. Her effort to cripple the presidency and blackmail the Senate must be defeated. And the way you defeat it is reject it. Now the senators, the Republican senators, must defend their institution. They must not allow the poison that is being spewed from the Democrats in the House, and specifically from Nancy Pelosi, to spill over into their institution. Now, I want to be very, very clear about this, because some of these Republican senators listen to this program. When you look at the Constitution, impeachment and conviction is set up in a very interesting way. The framers looked at Britain, as well as other examples. They were aware of various trials that had taken place in Britain. And they came came up with this bifurcated process. So you have the House, which they knew, they created it, simple majority. Members are voted every two years. So while it's quote-unquote closest to the people, it also has the greatest potential for abuse, for faction, for hysteria. And so they created a check on the House when it comes to impeachment. It's called the Senate. The Senate is not simply to follow the dictates of the House or assume responsibilities unconstitutionally created by the House. The Senate has an independent responsibility apart from the House. And if the Senate believes, in this case the Republicans, because they control the Senate and they have the sole power when it comes to a trial, that Nancy Pelosi has not effectively completed the work as the speaker over the decision of the Democrats in the House, in this case, two articles of impeachment, the Senate's not required to sit there indefinitely and wait for Nancy Pelosi to pull the trigger, nor is the Senate required to set out rules that satisfy the Speaker of the House. This would be a complete disaster. A complete disaster. So you'd have the Speaker of the House and what is a rather small majority in the House of radical Democrats, not only controlling the agenda of the full House, but controlling the process in the Senate. Now, if Republican senators don't understand this, they're a bunch of useless buffoons. If they're not prepared to stand up for the institution, at least stand up for themselves. If they're not prepared to stand up for the President of the United States, at least stand up for themselves. But the Constitution is at stake. So the framers set this process up with a trial requiring a supermajority two-thirds vote to convict and remove a president, a judge, a vice president, so, so it goes. If Nancy Pelosi is going to withhold the ability or prevent the Senate from taking the next step for a variety of sleazy and unconstitutional reasons, the Senate needs to put an end to it. The Senate should simply say through McConnell, hey, look, we waited three weeks, four weeks. We waited for your managers. 
Doesn't matter if you're in recess. You have the power to appoint them, whether you're in recess or not. But in any event, you called the recess before appointing them. We're not going to drag the Senate and drag its members and drag the election and drag the country through this process because you have calculated it's in your best interest as a Democrat and a leftist. This is the Constitution of the United States. We're the United States Senate. We are a separate body. Therefore, we have concluded, the majority, therefore speaking on behalf of the Senate, that what Nancy Pelosi and the House has done is null and void because they have no intention of raising the issue with the Senate as they must for the Senate to undertake its constitutional responsibilities. This will put an end. This will put an end to the sort of thing that Nancy Pelosi is doing. It will also put an end to this kind of an impeachment, which must be done and must be done soon. Otherwise, we're going to have disastrous precedent for the rest of this republic, however long it exists. They've destroyed the impeachment process. Do not let them destroy the trial process. She has destroyed the House of Representatives. Do not let them destroy what's left of the United States Senate. You senators, you Republican senators, you don't work for Nancy Pelosi. You're there to faithfully execute the Constitution and to protect and defend it. Unfortunately, the enemy of the Constitution today is the Speaker of the House. The Speaker of the House. It doesn't matter that Schumer wants more witnesses. This is bizarre. First, we're told we have to move quickly, quickly, quickly. Because Trump is a threat to national security. They said this on the floor of the House yesterday. He's a threat to national security. We have to act quickly and remove him. Nadler said it. They also argued we must act fast. We must act immediately. Why? Because Trump might interfere with the 2020 election. Schiff said it. And we were told over and over, there's no need to delay. The facts are overwhelming. There's no defense whatsoever. We don't hear any defense. The facts are overwhelming. Let's move quickly. And today, Pelosi and the Democrats take a recess. Through Christmas, through New Year's a week into the new year till January 7th and say, you know what? Maybe we're not in such a hurry. Does this not expose them for the 4,000th time as the frauds that they are? And then you have Schumer. Schumer who definitely comes off like a complete moron. Schumer who apparently reports to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the House of Representatives. He's there... I want four witnesses. No, he doesn't mention the so-called whistleblower. He doesn't mention Hunter Biden. Doesn't mention any witness who might present actual useful information. But why does he want witnesses that the Democrats in the House wouldn't even go to court to fight over? And what makes him think the President of the United States still wouldn't assert executive privilege, and they still would have to go to court and fight over it. They don't care. You see the Democrats in the Senate at that point. The president's been impeached. What do they care? We cannot allow these people to destroy our constitutional structure. We cannot allow these people to use their connivances to do what they're doing. 
And the framers put the Senate in place to fix this. And luckily, we have a small majority in the United States Senate who can fix this. Now, I would strongly urge them, urge them to act now and to announce in unity that since Nancy Pelosi did not appoint managers, managers to execute the impeachment articles that she caused to be voted on when she caused them to be voted, the time that she caused them to be voted on, and now has withheld them from the United States Senate in order to conduct a ploy to threaten and blackmail the United States Senate, the United States Senate should say, the Republicans, in a unified voice, we hold what Nancy Pelosi is doing as destructive of the entire process. We cannot be blackmailed and held hostage to Pelosi and her appointment of managers, which is in a ministerial task, but she doesn't want to do it. Unless she can control or influence our process, and we are independent from the House, therefore, therefore we, the majority in the Senate, on behalf of the entire United States Senate, hold the matter null and void. No trial, no chief justice, no witnesses, no nothing. Null and void! And you lay it at Nancy Pelosi's feet. That's the answer. That's the fix. But will the Republicans in the Senate have the guts to do it? Why shouldn't they? Better to listen to me than Nancy Pelosi. I'll be right back. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Well, fascistic Nancy, I think for the last several months, has taken us through her mental nervous breakdown. I think that's what's going on here. Her ramblings and mumblings and fumblings uh, that I played for you earlier. I think Nancy Pelosi has dragged the nation through her mental nervous breakdown. And it's not over yet. Some say... Well, now that we have the impeachment, she's waiting for more stuff to put in there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, last time I checked, this country doesn't belong to fascistic Nancy Pelosi. It belongs to the American people. Last time I checked, there's more than one branch of government and more than one person who populates these other branches of government. Did anybody here outside of San Francisco vote Nancy Pelosi for anything? So she is the least democratic figure in this entire thing. She represents what? A certain percentage of 800, 850,000 people who live in her district. Maybe it's a million, whatever it is. Big deal. Big deal. And yet look what fascistic Nancy is trying to do. But she doesn't get to do it. Now are these Republican senators going to pull together and take care of business or not? Nancy, we're not going to sit here and wait for you. Now, we're supposed to wait through New Year's into the next year? Because you're having some kind of a mental nervous breakdown? And you're burping out orders left and right? We're the Senate. 
We like to call ourselves the most deliberative body. I like to call themselves the most profligate body, but that's a whole other issue, which I will get to later in the program. But this must be crushed. This must be defeated for the sake of the country and the sake of the Constitution. And it's interesting. My man Brian over there at Right Scoop, he points out that even, even one of the professors who testified, who testified against Trump, left-wing Democrat, Harvard University law professor, um, Noah Feldman, has said you don't actually have an impeachment until the articles are actually transmitted to the Senate. Now, it doesn't matter to me, Noah Feldman. Last time I checked, he wasn't at the Constitutional Convention. But it is rather strange. Do we have the House of Representatives taking votes just for the fun of taking votes? Now, these people are on recess now. These Democrats who voted in these so-called 30 or so districts for impeachment, but claimed when they got elected the first time around that they wanted to bring some kind of centrism and moderation, a get-stuff-done attitude to the House of Representatives, you need to throw their asses out. And at every one of these town hall meetings or whatever they call them, you need to ask them, not only did you support a fascistic process. Not only did you cut out Republicans, and even though I voted for you, I'm a Republican, not only, not only are these articles of impeachment bogus and dangerous to the future of this republic, but you and your party are sitting on them, sitting on them, after you and your party told us that they were urgent, that this was an emergency for national security reasons, for the future of the 2020 election, that the facts are just so overwhelming that no more witnesses are needed. We're in a hurry. We've got to get it done. We've got to hurry, 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 hurry. Then it goes to Schumer. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want some witnesses. Wait a minute. I mean, I need a neck brace. My neck hurts so much from these Democrats. These people are evil. And what they've done here, this attempt is the first institutionalized coup attempt in American history. They have no interest in what the Obama administration, FBI, and CIA, and elements of the Obama administration did to try and interfere in our election. They are absolutely the worst people to ever sit in the House of Representatives. You need to kick their asses out of office. And the, Dem- and the Republicans in the Senate need to put their foot down and make an announcement. The sooner the better. 51 of us. Sorry. Null and void. You're done. We're finished with you. We're moving on. Praise the Constitution. I'll be right back. <laughs> 